Oasis Church Chicago, this is Pastor J.P. Trollio. I'm so glad that you're here listening with us today on our podcast. This message today is coming from our midweek prayer service. We believe that this prayer meeting is the most vital meeting of our church. I pray today as you listen to this message that you're encouraged, that you're inspired, and that ultimately you're pushed closer to Jesus. If this message today spoke to you, I pray that you will come out and join with us on a Wednesday night that you can gather together alongside the rest of the church and hear from God and what he would have to say to you. So Father, tonight we exalt you over every situation, over every circumstance. God, every burden and care. God, you know every single burden and care represented in this place on those cars. And Jesus, would you move? We trust you. We believe in you to do only what you can do. We ask this in the name that is above every name, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Come on, everybody says, amen. Come on, can we thank Jesus one last time? Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. He's worthy of all praise and adoration. Come on, church, we can be a little bit more loud for Jesus Christ, for what he's done for us, for what he's going to do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You glad to be in church tonight? I'm glad to be in church with y'all. Grab a seat tonight. I'm excited to be here in prayer meeting tonight with you all. Uh, we're going to dive into the message. I ask that you take that prayer need home with you, not the physical card, but the burden. Um, take it with you. Pray throughout the week for that. Um, we have a very dear friend in the house tonight that I just want to give honor to. Pastor Johnny's here. Can you just stand, Pastor Johnny? Come on, can we just welcome Pastor Johnny and his team? I know some of you are here with them. Come on, can we just welcome them? They've been in the Pilsen neighborhood for many, many, many years, leading an incredible church. Can we just honor them? We love you guys. You're friends. We're partners. We love you guys. We believe in you and what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray for them at the end. If that's all right, can we pray for them? So glad you guys are here tonight. Pastor Johnny and his parents have been pastoring how many years in Pilsen? 30 years in Pilsen, not too far down the street. And we got connected. Uh, it's just a God appointment and uh, super grateful. We're praying for you guys and so grateful that you're here with us tonight. Tonight, I want to um, spend some time in prayer. I don't know what that is, but keep going. Tonight, I, I want to I wanna walk us through a familiar passage. I think this is probably one of the most familiar pieces of Scripture. Um, and I said to Ray, I want to teach on this every time. I want to I break this down piece by piece, maybe word by word, line by line. And so what I'm saying is, is we're probably going to have a little series at prayer meeting. If, if I'm, I'm here teaching over the next couple of weeks or there may be some time off here and there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk us through this passage of Scripture. Um, because I believe it's very impactful and powerful, and um, many of us know it. It's, if I hear often, even in a sports context, all of us as teammates would gather hands and we would recite the Lord's Prayer. We would recite, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And like we would say that. And, um, you know, I, I, get, I get that, kind of. Um, but there's profoundly impactful truth in what Jesus explained to his disciples in the Lord's Prayer. And tonight I want to walk us through this because honestly, guys, like prayer meetings have been powerful. 
Amen? I'll say amen. Amen. Um, they've been very strong, and I believe more and more people are catching what it means to pray and why we pray and why we have a prayer meeting. Trust me, guys, can, full disclosure, transparency, there have been many, many Wednesday nights I've gone home to rage, just whether it be logistical stuff, just spiritual stuff, and I've said, I want to shut the prayer meeting down. I just, I'm like overwhelmed, you know, trying to, trying to make this all happen. We're setting up a space twice a week. We're putting a lot of weight on our team. We're putting a lot of stuff on the shoulders of our people. It's heavy. It's hard stuff. And then I see nights like this where the presence of God is here. And I'm like, no, no, no. We got to hold tight. And so there's a lot happening in the prayer meetings. And, and you know, I want to teach us why we pray but I also want to first, because I, I don't want to assume you come here and you know why we pray. I want to always keep that at the forefront. But I think I need to teach us how to pray. Okay? Based off of Jesus, because who better to learn from than Jesus? And so I want us to look at what Jesus did. And people will say to me often, you know, Pastor, I don't need to pray. And I'm like, really, explain that to me. Flesh that out with me. And I, I know what they're about to say nine out of ten times. Well, if God knows everything, why do I need to pray? Like, if he's all-knowing, which he is, why do I need to pray? And there's a lot of responses that I could have, and there's a lot of things I could say. Like, one of the things that the church always says, and it's true, is like, if I was in a marriage, which I am to my wife, and, and I just stopped communicating because she knows me, we'd be in trouble, right? So, so we have to talk. There's that communication. But when I hear that said to me, I oftentimes think, well, Jesus did it. So if, if Jesus talked to his heavenly father, and, and Paul writes, and it's, hey, follow me as I follow Christ, like, hey, I'm actually called to pray and be in communication with my father. Jesus prayed all throughout scripture, and the reality was he knew what he was on earth and what he was going, he knew why he was on earth and what he was going to do. Jesus knew. So even a guy like Jesus, who knows what he is here for, what his purpose is, what his plans are from God, even him, he prayed? Whoa. Then we need to pray. And I want to have a powerful prayer life. I want you to have a powerful prayer life. It is available. I know some prayer warriors in my life. My mother is one of them. My mom starts praying, the earth starts to shake. Y'all think I'm kidding. No, I ain't kidding. Side story, quick story. I was far from God, and I used to come home on the weekends, and it would be the times that I was not out partying and doing all this stuff, and I'd get into my bedroom, and it would be super late at night, and my mom would walk into my bedroom, and I would close my eyes, acting as if I wasn't awake. Totally was awake. And it was like, Mom, what are you doing in here? I wouldn't say that, but I was thinking it, and I was creeped out, and she would stand at the edge of my bed, and she'd put her hands out like this, and she'd start to call heaven down. And I was like, ah, Paralyzed. Because she was a prayer warrior. She said, if Jesus prayed, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to stand in the gap for my son. When he is lost and he is broken, I'm going to ask God to do what only God can do. I'm going to ask God to provide a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. When Jesus does it, then we need to do it. I want to walk us through these verses. This is not, this is a map, I think, what Jesus gives us. But guys, praying this prayer every day is powerful. But there's deeper stuff than just this, okay? I'm just giving you some kind of, like a sermon series. I'm just building the foundation here. There's, there's deeper prayers than our Father who out in heaven, how be that in the kingdom come there. Like, God wants to go deep with you. Amen? 
Like, he, he's, he's wanting to. But this is a good place to start. You know, I read this this week. Spurgeon said this. He's amazing man of God, he said, Christians' prayers are measured by weight and not by length. Christians' prayers, yeah, they're measured by the weight of them, not by the length. Many of the most prevailing prayers have been as short as they were strong. We don't need to pray long prayers. We don't need to have this script of what we're going to say to God every time we go before him. There are times that I get on my knees and I'm just like, God, I need you. I'm desperate. I need you. And in that moment of a desperate prayer to God, he meets me. And so I'm going to read this chapter, Luke 11, 1 through 13. I think we have all 13 verses. Is that right, guys? Yeah. And we're just going to walk through this. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, referring to John the Baptist. And he said to them, when you pray, say this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not in temptation. Other translations continue that prayer. Luke doesn't reference the whole thing. We're going to bounce them back from translation. So... And he continues, and he said to them, which of you has a friend who will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask, I tell you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find it. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Guys, this is powerful. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to us, to those who ask him? Guys, this is a message in the Bible that you just need to circle and read. Tonight, I, I want to focus just on two truths of this, and we're going we're gonna to pray. I'm not going to go very long. And as we continue through this passage, I, I want to tell us, you know, and remind us that prayer makes the difference in everything. Your prayer life matters. Someone said one time, I've said, hey, show me your friends, your five friends. I'm going to show you the next five years, right? I heard it not too long ago, said, show me your prayer transcript, and I will show you the trajectory of your life. I was like, ah, conviction. Ah, conviction. <laughs> ah. Man, I, I, what are you praying? James 4.2 says, you have not because you have asked not. I read that, and I think, man, how many prayers have not been answered because I haven't asked God? How many doors have I missed because I haven't asked God to open them or to be obedient to what he's doing? Constantly it says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open to you. Prayer is important. Prayer matters. And so the first thing that I want to discover, and these are principles, right? These These are principles that you can take from this. But the first is this. Your prayer life is what opens the door to a power filled life. We'll try that again. I'm going to hit the amen button after I read that. 
Your prayer, but, your prayer button, your prayer life is what opens the door to a power-filled life. Profound truth. I love when people open the doors for me. I do, but, I, you know, to be honest, my father raised me right. I actually enjoy it. I know this sounds, don't, don't take this the wrong way. It's not prideful, but I do, and my wife will test you. Sometimes I get stuck at the door when we're walking into a place because I'm opening up the door for whoever else is coming in behind my wife. I'm there. I'm just, like, smiling, and they're like, you know, sometimes I'm just hoping they, like, hand me a 20 or something. Anyways, I just, I do. I, I enjoy seeing people like, oh, because in Chicago, people are just like, I got my own door. What, what's your agenda? I love opening the door for people and seeing, like, the kind of shock, like, why are you holding this door for me? Because we're humans and we're kind. But I, I love when doors are open for me. I, I love when we have the door open to us and available to us by our Heavenly Father to walk into. His promises to us is, hey, guys, my children, you can have a power-filled life. You do not have to have a stagnant walk with me. You do not have to have a quiet walk with me. You can have a vibrant. You can have a courageous. You can have an energetic. You can have a joyful walk with me because I've opened the door for you to have a power-filled life. I did not give you a spirit of fear, right? So Jesus opens the door. God, the Father, opens the door to a power filled life. So Jesus is moving, right? He's moving all around the earth. He's doing so many incredible things. He's healing people. He's raising people from the dead. He's feeding the 5,000. Crowds are following Jesus up until this point. I mean, it is like Jesus is a rock star in a sense. Like everybody knows who he is. And the disciples get to him and it says in verse 11, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. If you just skip past that like I did so many times, and my dad actually taught me this. I've read that and just, Lord, teach us. Yeah, that's a good prayer. But just think about it. All the things that the disciples had seen up until this point, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, making the deaf hear, feeding 5,000, which is more like 15,000, seeing all these miraculous things happen. You know, the thing that they could have asked him is, hey, God, how do we draw a large crowd? Hey, hey, Jesus, how do we make people show up to where we're at? Hey, hey, Jesus, how do I heal someone? How, how do I raise the dead to life? Hey, Jesus, can you, can you give me the how-to manual to do that stuff? Does this make sense? Like, these are the things that I think if I'm alone with Jesus, these are the questions I'm asking. Like, hey, hey, Jesus, can you, can you show me how to do that stuff? Because that stuff's cool. They teach me how to pray. They didn't ask anything, teach me how to pray. Out of all the things that they could have asked, they asked this. Because I think that in that moment they had a revelation. That they had seen Jesus do so many things, so many incredible supernatural things, but the things were, the things that he did happened with prayer. And I think in this point they put two and two together. Right? You ever put two and two together like, oh, that is how you got there. Yeah? I think the disciples were like, this is how Jesus does what he does. He's got a power-filled prayer life. Oh, the secret to doing the impossible, the secret to seeing God move, the secret to seeing doors open up, the secret to seeing generational curses broken, the secret to seeing strongholds fall down, the secret to seeing healings happen is prayer? Yeah. It's prayer. 
It's a power-filled prayer life. All throughout Jesus' times, he prayed. I'm going to run through some scriptures. If you got a phone, I encourage you to put these in your phone and go read them. Because Jesus showed these guys how to live a power-filled life, and it's through prayer. They're not going to be up on the screen. I'm going to read them off and explain. Luke 3, 21 says this, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, all the people had been baptized, Jesus was baptized and praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him. This one is like, gets me fired up. He says that Jesus was baptized and then began to pray. And what happened? Nothing. No, the heavens opened up. (laughs) The heavens of God opened up and fell on that moment. Get baptized. It's important. It's It's vital. It's scriptural. But he was praying. Some of you are asking for heaven to come only in Wednesday night prayer meetings. And only on Sunday morning. I love you so much. But you can go to your house. And you can say, God, open up the heavens right now in my home. Jesus prayed. The heavens opened up. Is this encouraging, y'all? Luke 6, 12 through 13. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. What a prayer warrior. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them the twelve. When Jesus had to make a decision, a major decision, what did Jesus do? Pull straws? Give it to chance, like whatever. He prayed. He said he prayed, and he was able to choose the 12 men that were going to follow him. Jesus prayed. Power followed. This is good. This is good. This is so good. When a massive decision needs to be made in your life, pray. Some of you are making decisions that are really big just based off of, well, I just have this really gut feeling about it. Pray. And if your prayer life adds up to your gut life, you might be on the right track. Pray. Luke 5, 15 through 16, but now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and Pray. When, you, when life got full, when the schedule got packed, he didn't keep going. He stopped and he prayed. Some of you are just going, 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 trying to achieve, trying to attain, trying to stack the account. You know what I'm talking about? Trying to make things happen. Well, I'm just out here grinding. Guess what? You can keep grinding and you're going to fall. Power-filled life? You want to take the plan and purposes that God's placed inside your heart? Pray. Get away. Remove yourself from the crowds, the distractions. Pray. Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. When it's dark, when no one's around, when it's hard. How many of you know waking up in the morning and praying is hard? The rest of you are saints. You know, my dad wakes up at every morning at 4 a.m. He's a saint. I'm like, Dad? Just not there yet, like I'm growing. (laughs) Four in the morning. Because sometimes when it's the hardest, when it's the darkest, when no one else is up and around, you pray. Luke 9, 16, it's when Jesus fed the 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, he took the fish, and he said, God, bless this. You're looking for multiplication in life? Are you praying to God? 
Are you, ask, are, you, are you looking for, for something to be added to your life? Are you in need of a job? Then take what's in your hands right now and say, God, I'm giving it to you. Guys, this is good. This is a power-filled life. Matthew 26, 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus is going to the cross. Nevertheless, not as I will, as I will but as you will. He fell on his face and prayed. Jesus prayed for power when it was the darkest point of his life. When he was going to go to a cross after he was, he was going to get beaten. He was going to get a crown of thorns on his head. He was going to get nails in his hands and in his feet. And he said, God, I'm still going to pray. Because in the darkest place, Jesus wanted to align his will with God's will. Because in the darkest place, Satan will try to get you to align your will to his will. His lies, his schemes, his traps, his ensnarements, Satan will try to say to you, you don't need to go to God in the darkest times. He's abandoned you. He's forsaken you. Jesus, in the darkest times, went to his Father. Some of you, like I said, are losing the battle because in the darkest points, you're not going to God with it. Go to God. So Jesus prays. And a life of power filled him. And he did miracles and signs and wonders and salvation. Can we be a church that prays, that sees the foundation of Chicago shook? That was a really good place to say an, a, a massive amen. How many of you want to see Chicago really change? Pray. Seek his face. I'm yelling. Second point, I told Rachel this whole message, I wasn't going to yell. But I get passionate about this stuff. Because I see you all and the potential, the poten people see it in me and they call it out of me and they said, JP, you could be a great communicator. You could have so many talents and abilities. You could operate in your power and get you so far, but it will only get you so far. You're going to hit a block one day, and you're going to be like, whoa, what happened? And they're going to say, what were you praying for? How were you getting along with God? How were you getting to the secret place where nobody else was at except you and God, where you got your identity from him, you got your purpose from him, you got your character built by him? That's where this happens. It doesn't happen by a message. Can I be honest? If you are building your life based off of Pastor JP's message, you're in trouble. Because these messages aren't great. And they're flawed. And I don't say everything the right way I want to say it. Trust me. But if you're basing it off of, well, I just I'd give me the message to build my life on. No, get with Jesus and build your life in prayer. Okay. Second thing is this. We're going to pray. Prayer is powerful. Second point. Do we have it? When we recognize God as Father. Jesus says, and he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, how would be your name? Uh, Jesus could have said anything. Say, God of creation, God of the universe. He could have labeled God anything. He said, Father. Oh. Okay, I want to declare this. Some of you are in this room tonight, and you had an amazing father. Awesome. Some of you are in this room tonight, and you had a terrible father. You don't know your father. You had an abandonment as a child. You have never experienced what it feels like to have a earthly father. I don't understand that feeling. I'm not going to sit up here and say, gotcha, getcha. I don't, right? But can I be honest? 
If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have received a heavenly father. I don't care if your father abandoned you, left you. Guess what? You have a father that will fill every void, a father that will speak life over you more than any earthly father. I don't go to my dad and tell him to tell me who I am as a 32-year-old man. I go to my heavenly father. And guess what? He speaks. Because it's awesome that when you ask Jesus, they ask Jesus to teach him. Jesus teaches. When you ask God for, for, for something, he gives it to you. So I, I want to say that. Because there's a lot of, we are the most fatherless generation of all time. I just read an article about that and I said it to, I forget who I said it to. Comparative to the, like the world wars, right now, today, and we have not had a major world war. We've had wars and we've had situations, but today we are the most fatherless generation ever. We have a Father in heaven. And we pray, and prayers become powerful when we recognize him as God, our Father. In John 16, 23, Jesus is at the Last Supper, and he's teaching to his disciples, and he says this. In that day, he's speaking about, like, when I won't be here, guys. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's saying, hey, in that day, in that day, you will ask nothing of me because I won't be here. <laughs> like, I'm gone. Truly, truly, I say to you, though, whatever you ask of the Father in my name. The Father in my name, he will give it to you. So, so let me teach here for a moment, because we're a young church, and we need to catch this. You could say, beginning of prayer, I'm not judging anybody. It's okay, but I think there's some powerful principles here. You could, some people come in, and they're just like, I'm praying to the Holy Spirit. Cool. Or I'm praying to Jesus. Awesome. It's not wrong. Are you guys with me? Nod your heads. So we're all in this boat together. Jesus says, no, you pray in my Father. You pray to my Father in my name. Okay, so can I explain this to you? Because we've got to catch this. How this goes? God, in Jesus' name, I pray and ask for deliverance. God, in Jesus' name, I pray and ask for your kingdom to come here on this earth. Because we are praying to a father. Jesus was the flesh of God on earth. He is, he is God. I don't have all the time to go into that. But God is the father of Jesus. And Jesus says, you got to pray to the father. And so it's all throughout scripture. I don't have time to read it. But when we pray our father, what it does to us, it reminds us that we actually have a father. When we say father God, it reminds my spirit, i got a father. I'm not abandoned. I'm not forsaken. I'm not kicked off to the curb. I'm not left out there to just go and just figure it out. I have a father. I have a covering. I have God the Father. Guys, is this helping? Because we, we got to catch this. I'm almost done. See, if you see God as anything else except the Father, you will have a really warped prayer life. If you don't see God as Father God and you just see him as an employer, we will have a messed up prayer life. Let me explain. Is this healthy? See, if you see God as like, hey, God, I need you to do this for me. How many have prayed that prayer before? My hand is up. The rest of you all, we can just have confession time right now. How many have prayed, God, I need you to do this for me? I actually prayed it like 10 minutes ago before we got down here. So I'm in this boat. Like, God, I need you to do this for me. Whoa, hold on a second, JP. Backtrack. Slow down. 
He's not an employer because if we think of God this way and if it doesn't happen what you ask God, then we say, God, well, I, I built a church for you. God, I, I opened up the doors for people to come in and receive your kingdom. Like, God, I, I gave everything for you. I missed the mark then. I don't see him as my father. I see him as he better give me something because I'm working for him. It's the wrong idea. We look at God as a slot machine. Anybody? We look at him as a genie. How many, how many of you looked at God as a genie? My hand is up. The rest of you are saints and I love you. But we see God as something else except father. We miss it. If we see him as father, Father, guess what you do? You keep going back to him. I have a great dad. I'm closing with this. We're going to sing and pray. I have an amazing father. Is he perfect? No, he'd be the first to tell you. But I know something. That I could go to my dad. I could go to my dad and I could say to him, I could ask him anything. I, I constantly went back to him as a child. I don't do it anymore. But I think of this way when I think of God our Father. See, if I know as a child I could go to my dad here on earth, why do I not go to my heavenly Father who's there waiting for me, who's eager to meet with me, who wants to talk to me, who wants to show me my plans, who wants to show me what he's destined for me before the beginning of time. He wants to show me how good he is. He wants to show me what he has for me. Why do we not go? Is it a lack of trust? Is it a misunderstanding of who God is? That he's not an employer? He's not a genie? He's a father. What if tonight we said, God, forgive me because I, I haven't recognized you as my father. I've wanted you to be so many other things except my father, my dad, my eternal father. Jesus says, Hey, when you pray, pray, Father, our Father, another translation of our Father, the church is Father, believers, Father. You may not have a dad, you may never have known your dad, your dad may have done something really harmful and hurtful to you, but guess what? You have a Father that is kind, a Father that is patient, a Father that is slow to anger, Abounding in love. Whew. Let me say that again. It says that God the Father is abounding in love. That he is eager. That he is wanting you. That he is drawing you to his heart. That he's calling you home. That he's saying, hey, my son, my daughter, I am with you. See, when you claim him as your father, you claim adoption. You're adopted. You have a brand new life, a brand new hope, a brand new beginning. You have a new father. And it's God the Father. Tonight, I want to just pray for us two things. God, help me to have a powerful prayer life. You know, I pray this sometimes. Yo, God, wake me up in the morning. When I'm here till midnight, and I don't want to wake up in the morning because I'm exhausted, yo, God, shake me. I want to hear your voice, and I want to respond. So, guys, I want to pray tonight because we need this. God, I want a powerful prayer life. I want to be so close to you through my prayers. I want to know you. I may not know what to say. It doesn't matter. Remember the quote? You don't need to know what to say. Just be honest. Because it's awesome because we have a dad that says, come honestly. Come to me. 
Just tell me whatever you want to tell me. I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. So can you begin to pray tonight? I just want to give us time. I want to seek God tonight. I want to seek God. So church, if you feel comfortable, just begin to pray and say, God, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. I want to have a powerful prayer life. I want to talk to you more. I want to, I want to know you deeper. I want, to, I want to communicate everything to you, God. I want to be filled with power. And ask him, God, I want to recognize you as Father. Nothing else. I want to see you as Father, as King, as Lord. The band's going to play, and we're just going to continue to seek God tonight.